0: Beautiful, that's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we're about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, let's go there. Please keep standing, amen Ephesians 2 and verse 8 It's a popular one, amen We'll read three scriptures And then we'll start to teach Let's read together once to go mm-hmm. Next verse Right, let's read verse 8 again. Alright? And I want you to read it out loud. Verse 8 and 9. I want you to read it with energy in your voice. Listen, let me ask you how many of you are expecting tonight? Something is going to rest upon you. Something glorious. Something powerful. I know what I'm saying. The atmosphere just shifted a notch higher. Praise the Lord. And I feel the glory of God very strong. When I tell you, I know. I know what I'm saying. Something's going to happen to you tonight. Some of you will leave this place bolder. You know, there are things you've been saying that people will say, Ah, but where is is it? But now your confessions will be bolder. The spirit of boldness is resting upon you. You look in the face of terror and you will defy the odds and you will get results. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there is no fear here. There's no fear here. Glory to God forevermore. All right. Some ah, of you are. Is an attitude for receiving be light-hearted you know be light-hearted do you understand be free don't you jab your neighbor say be free forget it. forget about christmas rice that's <laughs> past and forget about fried rice for the new year be free set yourself at liberty amen let's read together want to go for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God. Next verse, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans five and verse nine. Romans five and verse nine. All right, let's read together. One to go. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Let's read it again. Much more than just saying verse 9. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What are we saved from? What are we saved from? How? Justified by his what? Blood. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse 10 let's read together once to go? and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead even Jesus which delivered us from awesome let's read that one more time and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath that is to come. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Tonight, we are in the final episode of the All for Love series. And how many of you have been blessed by the series so far? Hallelujah. How many of you have decided your heart to be a lot more generous. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, tonight, I have an argument to finally sort out. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, tonight, what the Lord has sent me to do is, through the teaching of His Word, clear all doubts. So, I'm actually... Going to be like the co-debater, accurate timekeeper, sub blah, 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 blah. Then when I finish, I'll say with these few points of mine, <laughs> I hope I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you that you will find it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So me, I'm, in, I'm the debater today. And all of you are my audience. Good morning, panel of judges. Accurate time. <laughs> <Good evening. laughs> Praise the Lord. To so tonight, my assignment really is to settle the argument once and for all concerning what salvation covers. Right? What does salvation cover? What, do, what is the spectrum? Now, like a lot of the other teachings that I've done. This is going to be a classic so you're going to carry it like this everywhere you go, so that if anybody says femme, you give. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So, we want to put to rest the arguments concerning what salvation really covers. In talking about the All for Love series, we've talked about God's generosity. All right. And the question now is, is he really generous if the salvation he gave covers only a few things and doesn't cover some things? Alright? And that's what I want to do tonight. So, the episode title is The Extravagance. The Extravagance. The Extravagance. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, all for love, we've been looking at that all through the month, all for love, God sent his son, came down into the earth to become our our sin-bearing lamb. Now, please permit my voice, all right? You know, we've been on a stretch. I didn't know that yesterday's prayer is going to affect my voice like this. I didn't know, but I was literally shouting yesterday. So, but you can hear me, Abby? bit? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Alright, so the extravagance. We're looking tonight at what the salvation that Jesus purchased, what does it cover? Alright, what, what exactly does it cover? Why is it important for us to know what it covers? Because when we know what it covers, we can release our faith appropriately. For the things that it covers. If you don't know what it covers, you're going to be releasing your faith wrongly, and you're not going to be getting results. So it's important to be assured about what salvation covers, so that you know exactly what to release your faith for, and what you should be receiving in your life. Praise the Lord. Now there's an argument, some of you may be oblivious to it, but there's an argument that salvation only covers your spiritual People will argue with you that the salvation that Jesus came to bring is only good for spiritual things. Only is good for spiritual things. It doesn't cover anything else. When it comes to your health, you're on your own. When it comes to your prosperity, you're on your own. When it comes to experiencing favor, you're on your own. When it comes to healing, you're on your own. The only thing it covers is eternal life as regards going to heaven and your spiritual security all right and this argument has been on for a long time and so the extravagance tonight is to answer all those questions how many of you are excited about that at least you're going to now you're going to be able to use what you're going to get let me tell you don't put yourself under any pressure say pastor Teach us things that we can use in real life. Don't put yourself under any pressure. First thing is to understand God's word. You understand what I'm saying? First is to understand God's word. When the time comes for real life, I bet you you'll know what to do. Hello. You see, this pressure that people, you know, put themselves under, I'm not under it. You know, to, to teach, to relate to real life, real life situation, I'm not under that pressure. I'm not under that pressure. Go and check the teachings of Jesus. And you find out how, how did he try to. He just taught. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then as he taught, the Spirit of God took the things that he taught. And people just knew how these things applied to everyday life. Praise the Lord. But we sit calm and just learn and receive God's word. So the extravagance. All right. All right, write this down. Extravagance means exceeding the bounds of reason. Extravagance means exceeding the bounds of reason. Something that exceeds the bounds of reason. So there is reason and this thing exceeds it. That's what extravagance is. Now what is reason in this case? Reason would be that you and I we meant to be the ones paying for our sins. But then a man came and then took our place and then paid the price. All right? That's not reasonable. That's not logical. This kind of sacrifice exceeds the bounds of reason. All right? Extravagance means wandering beyond limits. It means wandering beyond limits. What does this mean? It means this is where it should stop. But it goes beyond the limits to influence things that you, know, you would naturally not imagine that it's going to influence. Can we say amen? amen. Alright. The third one, extravagance, means wild and unrestrained. Wild and unrestrained. So that the love or the mercy or the grace that Jesus brought to us is wild. Is it can't be tamed. You understand? You can't put you can't you can't put a a choke on it and tame it. It's wild. Hallelujah. How many of you would try to tame a wild dog? You know, it's wild, you you can't it, it's unstoppable. That's thank God for that song. It's unstoppable. You can't you can't really put a leech on it. So that is what extravagance means. Now all for love, Jesus generously gave us this conversation called salvation. All for love, Jesus gave us salvation. Now, one of the things that you must recognize is that salvation is complete. That's number one. So, i write that down. Salvation is complete. Number two, salvation touches everything. And what, when we say everything, we mean spirit, soul, and body. Touches everything. Spirit, soul, and body. Say that with me. Spirit, spirit soul, and body. and body. Awesome. Now, there are many people that believe that salvation only touches the spirit. And has no business with the soul. Nor does he have any business with the body. Now, if God gave us a salvation that only covers the spirit and does not influence the soul and the body, how extravagant is that? Because we, we agree that extravagance means that it is wild, it is unrestrained, there are no limits to it, and then somebody tells you that this salvation only touches your spirits and has no business with your mind Neither does he have any business with your body. It's just your spirit that is saved. Nothing can be further from the truth. Nothing can be more of a lie than that. So, let's go to the scripture, Ephesians 2 and verse 8. And let's start from there tonight. And then we would go further in this matter. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Whenever you see the word saved, okay, it always means deliverance. Somebody say deliverance. Okay, so when you see the word saved, it means deliverance. It means to be delivered from something. So we can say very quickly, put verse 8 please. For by grace are you delivered. Or, we can say, for by grace are you brought out. And have taught us that you're not only brought out from something, you're brought into something. Praise the Lord. So, you're brought out of darkness and you're brought into his marvelous light. So, it is by grace that we are saved. Now, I will show you as we go ahead, you know... What this salvation means. So please put beside your salvation, put there equals deliverance. Salvation equals deliverance. Now, let me say this. Salvation itself is spiritual, it is spiritual. Salvation has come to us. By what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. It is spiritual in the sense that we are saved from sin and the consequences of sin. Salvation is spiritual. But salvation is not exclusive to spiritual to the point that it doesn't touch anything else. Salvation is spiritual, which is what makes it The superior, are you with me? It is the greater. Now, in the greater, there is always the lesser. Amen? Awesome. So, for example, if I tell you that I am able to carry 100 kg of weight, I tell you I can carry 100 kg of weight, and you bring 100 kg of weight and I carry it successfully. If you bring 5, will I carry it? 10, will I carry it? Three will I carry it? Twenty-five will I carry it? Anything under hundred I will carry because I have carried the superior one. Christ, when he took the superior, already dealt with the other inferiors. That's why you must not magnify the inferior as though he's superior. The superior is what he already gave you for free. The inferior came to you alongside. Say alongside. It's just like I give you a ticket. I say, um, um, I'm paying for a spa treatment in Dubai. With this spa treatment, you have free breakfast, you have free do you understand? and you have a shopping voucher. The real thing I paid for is for you to go and get a spa treatment. All the other things are added to you based off of the tickets. That I gave to you to go and get a spa treatment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now you can't go to Dubai and begin to chase, you know, um, chase food. Or start chasing breakfast in bed. No, 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 no. Those things will naturally come to you. Because the ticket gives you access to spa. Do you hear know what I'm saying? So, in this case now. When Jesus came and paid the price for our sins, he did that paying the price for the bigger stuff. So, the bigger stuff has been paid for. Now, all the lesser things like healing, like provision, like resources, like all of that, were all included in the greater. Can we say amen? Amen. So, I'm going ahead of myself. Alright? I'll show you a couple more scriptures. Now, what is the spectrum of this salvation? When we say what is the spectrum of salvation, we mean what does it cover? What does it cover? I've already said this, that there is a school of thought that says that salvation is only spiritual. Alright? Now, if salvation has only spiritual implications, then we should never attempt to heal the sick. Or to undo anything that the curse has produced. If salvation is only spiritual. How many of you know that sickness is as a result of the curse? Hey church, talk to me, talk to me. Don't be quiet on me. Say amen. Amen. Good. So, if salvation is only spiritual. Or had only spiritual implications. Then there will be no need to try to heal the sick. There will be no need to try to undo anything that the curse created. We'll just leave it like that. Because salvation doesn't cover that. <laughs> you will see, I'm giving an argument, you know. You will see how dumb the conversation is by the time we're done. And we say, Amen. It's because I respect, you know, but it's dumb. We just have to call it what it is. Let's look at Romans 5 and verse 9 quickly. Because I want to talk about this thing. Alright, I want to just go right into it. Romans 5 and verse 9. So scripture says in Romans 5 and verse 9, that being justified by his blood, we shall be saved. What did I say saved? What, what's another word we can use for saved? Okay, awesome. So, being justified by his blood, we shall be delivered from his wrath because of Jesus. Now, let me explain this because some people do not get it. God is good. Say amen. amen. God has always been good. Say amen. amen. I've just successfully said something very important. God is good. God has always been good. There was no time that God was bad. Are you I'm saying? Now, why is that important? If you don't be... If, some people think that God was good. God was... God was good. No. God was bad in the... God was angry in the Old Testament. And he could do bad in the Old Testament. Then in the New You know, he started changing. (laughs) You know, God started changing and changing and changing. And he now arrived at a place where he's now only good. Now, if you say that, the Bible says, you know, God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Alright? So, if he was any time evil, he's the same evil today and the same evil forever. But if he was at any time good, that means he's the same good yesterday Today and forever. Are you see what I'm saying? So people must understand what exactly is going on here, so that they, they can get a picture of this. So what is this wrath? What is this wrath? In the old covenant, it was what God put. Okay, what God made available so that the people we follow Him. I don't know how to put it. I don't know how else to put it. Okay, but I'll explain. When the people misbehaved, for example, there was a Ten Commandments, all right, and there was 613 of them, actually, the ten was just the ones that we could know, there are actually 613 of them. It was given because, I told you last week, God wants to be father to you. And then you say, no, give me something to keep. And then God says, okay, I'm going to make it very tough, so you can come back to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you get to the point where You cannot keep it, and then you decide, okay, you know what, I need to go back to my Savior. And then when you come back to me, all of those laws and requirements are all abolished. I'll love you the way I want to love you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But now, here's the point. When people do not follow God's requirements, and then there is a whip or wrath, Or God's anger, what you would call anger. is not actually because God is angry because he's either good yesterday, today and forever, or he's bad yesterday, today and forever. How many of you remember that, that scripture that says that a fountain cannot produce clean water and dirty water at the same time? Come on, talk to me, talk to me. Do you remember that scripture that says that, um, a, f- a fountain cannot produce clean water and dirty water at the same time. If a fountain cannot produce clean water and dirty water at the same time, how much more God? Be? Fountain, ordinary fountain. Uh, just go and put dirty water there and it will bring it. But it's saying that the origin of the fountain determines what flows out of it. It's very important. So if the origin is clean Clean water always flows out of it. So it's important that you should know the origin of your father. He's always good. That's why good flows out of him. So where is this wrath coming from? The wrath is coming from that standard that has been placed. So that you don't even think about going to the other side. So that you can come to him. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying, church? Hey, church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is that thing... That gets you to not try to go in this direction, try to live life on your own, so you can come to him. And then when you come to him, his love is already unconditional anyway. There are no conditions to his love. And that's what he wants for you. But people are always choosing to go the other way. They want to experience life for themselves. And he's saying, okay, if you do that, this is what is going to happen. At that point, it's actually not God that is punishing the person. It is the covenant. It is the contract that is punishing you. Are <laughs> you what I'm saying? God is not, God has not ceased to be good. It is in his goodness that he says, I want to love you myself. That's who he is. If you choose this other one, whatever you see, you get kind of thing. Hello? In the same way, Um, thank you for that scripture, but I don't need it. In the same way, the wrath of God is that, how many of you know, let me just say this in passing, because I'll, I'll go to what I need to teach. How many of you know that there is a hell? How many of you know that there is really a hell? Hey church, if you know that there is a hell, lift up your hands. Okay. The hell is really, listen, the hell is really that Somebody has to pay the price for sin. If, um, Romans is it six and verse three. Or Romans six twenty three. The wages of sin is what? Death and the gift. Uh, the wages of sin is what? Death and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. But you must understand that the wages of sin is death first. So in this death comes ah how lovely. In this death comes now the, in quotes, wrath of God. Because somebody has to pay for sin. Follow me? So when you see death there, and you see the wrath of God, it's not as if God is actually wrath. It is that the consequences of sin is originally death. So there will be people who will go to hell. It's just not us. Why? We're already in Christ. Now, let me explain what I'm saying. So, somebody has to pay for sin. Sin has to be paid for. Now, I either choose to stay in what Christ has done, or I go on to pay for myself. I, that is, I go on to merit all of God's favor for myself, and then be the reason why God is blessing me. Or, I. I realize that that's too tough. I can't do that. I come under an already provided umbrella and just stand under what Jesus has done, and I am accepted before the Father. Or I stand on my own. So people will go to hell not because they are sinners, people will go to hell because they missed the bus. They didn't take the Savior. That's that's why people will go to hell. The Savior came. We are preaching, we are teaching. You know, the love of God is on display. People are hearing about the love of God. You know, but a lot of people are saying, No, I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. Well, they'll go to hell not because they are sinners. They'll go to hell because they rejected the Savior. They did not take the Savior. The Savior already covers for everything. If I choose to stand on my own, the wrath of God is what awaits the guy who chooses to stand on his own. You know why? Because sin has to be paid for. Now here's another thing I need to tell you. Salvation did not come to us cheap. It came to us free, but it wasn't cheap. Someone paid for it. Who paid for it? Hey, church, talk to me. Who paid for it? You get, you get this point in a moment. Who paid for it? So Jesus paid for it, that's why we have it for free. But it didn't come for free. If I don't stand under the umbrella of what Jesus has done, I'm going to have to pay for myself. And since I don't have what it takes, because God's standards are very high, I don't have what it takes to meet those standards, well, I'm on my own. And because I'm on my own, I'm going to face a wrath that exists for people who miss the bus. But once I am in Christ, all right, my sins are forgiven. Now, listen, this is very important. When Jesus was paying for your sin, he wasn't paying for your sin like he was a software he was developing. Version 1.1, version 2.2, version 3.3. You know, when you build softwares, you always update. Software development is not true. When Jesus paid for sin, he stood at the beginning of life. That he stood at the beginning of life. At a time when none of you were born. And paid for the entire sin. So what he did on the cross. Was to pay for all of our sins. For your entire life. That he stood at the beginning of. At least. How many of you are 2,000 years old? Are you 2,000 years old? Even your great grandfather is not 2,000 years old. (laughs) So Jesus. At that time. Stood at the beginning of life and paid for everybody's sin. Actually, let me tell you another thing that is important that you must know. This blood eh, also went into the past. For people who had lived before that time. Went to the past, paid. Went into the future, paid. That's why any true believer can actually live in the future. Let me, I was telling them in the car when we were coming this morning. You can live in the future by the Spirit. And turn things the way you want it to be. You can go into the past by the Spirit and undo some mistakes you made. If you said certain things in the past, this is not my message, but somebody is pulling this out. If you said certain things in the past, you can go back. You know, rewind. You can go back. I change that word. And come back into the future. You can do all of that. It is because the blood that saved you, I don't know, came built like that. I don't know. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When You see, you can't use a phone to do something it wasn't built to do. Blood that saved you has that ability. So the you that has been saved by that blood can do the same thing. So stop crying kind over of spilt milk. If you've made a mistake in your past. Father, in the name of Jesus, every word that I said yesterday... I was not in sync with what your word says concerning me. I undo them in the name of Jesus. I'll put them in the name of Jesus. I'll put them in the name of Jesus. He so like, said, ah, I said it to And I said it. You know, I ever this. Men that Be careful whose voice you're listening to. People tell you words when they come out. They're already spilled. You can't take it back. It's, it's not true. You see, that that thing, Kai. I have a lot to say. That thing is already such a cage. And that's consistent with the living on earth. It makes you feel like you're in a cage. That thing is such a cage. Once you say those words, are you really saying that I cannot change my mind? Are you really saying that I can't change my mind? And change of mind is called repentance. So you're actually going against scripture. You're saying I can't repent. Because if I said something now that was wrong, I can change my mind one second. Now, because you are used to repentance being remorse, you have to be crying and weeping and wailing. You say, No, you're you are, you are not real. You're not real. Look at your face. You're not even real. But if I said something wrong now, I can undo it now because I'm a spirit. And I don't need to shout, I don't need to cry. I can just say, I repent. Okay, wait. He repented the Lord. Meaning, you see, meaning that the Lord realized that he had sinned. Is that what I mean? The Lord realized that he had sinned. So he repented him because he sinned. Yes or no? No. See, I you, some of you are looking at me. Repentance is simply change your mind, and you can change your mind at any time. You can just change your mind, and you change your mind, and you don't need to be. You don't need to beat your chest. Just change your mind. Well, how did we enter here? You can undo things that you said because this blood has that ability. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can undo those things. Can we say Amen? Amen. And you give the Lord a shout. Alright? So, here's what I'm saying to you tonight. That you have been saved from his wrath because you are in Christ. Say amen. amen. There are some people who will reject Christ, who will experience his wrath. Now, his wrath is not really his wrath. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. His wrath is the provision that the contract made. Full stop. Okay, let me give you an example. This might help you understand what I'm saying. So there's a law in Lagos. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a law in Lagos. That if you drive against traffic, you will be arrested. Now, if you, with your beautiful head, begins to drive against traffic, huh, and the law begins to take its course, Son Olu might be in, in his office watching Arsenal versus Chelsea. He's not angry. He is not, in fact, he doesn't even know that you have broken the law. He's just chilling. Are you, yeah, you get it? You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's not, he's, no, it is the law that is taking its cause. The man, he has done nothing to you. He didn't even touch you. He didn't even, in fact, he may not even be aware that you, are, that you are being arrested. You can stay in prison for six months and so will no, not know. You know why? Because the law is just simply taking its course. That's all. So when you hear the wrath of God, it is just the law, in quotes, taking its course. But thanks be to God. This law knows who it's taking its course on, not us. You know why? It says we have been saved from this wrath because of Him. So the law... Cannot take its effect on us. Because we've been saved. Say delivered. Delivered. Say salvation. salvation. Awesome. So do you get it now? So there is actually a hell that people will go to. And it's simply because they just didn't accept the provision that was made. So sinners don't go to hell. Write this down. Sinners don't go to hell. It is sinners who reject the Savior that end up in hell. Should I say that again? Because I may be rattling some people's thoughts. Okay. I need to move very quickly. So the big question then, the big question is this. Does God care about every aspect of our lives? Does he care? About every aspect of our lives. Does God care about. Every aspect of our lives. The answer is yes. He does. The big answer. Is he does. God cares about. Every aspect of your life. He cares about the seemingly small stuff. He cares that you are waking up. And going to the market. He cares that you are. He cares about everything. Say, God cares about everything. Cares. Oh, I want you to shout it out loud. He cares about everything. Cares. Now, when we, talk to, when we talk about salvation, there are three things I want you to know. Number one, we are saved from what? That's saved from. All right? So, what are we saved from? And I just showed you, we are saved from his wrath. All right? The second thing is, what are we saved to? And the third thing is, who are we saved by? Let's look at Acts 16 and verse 30. Acts 16 and verse 30. Let's answer the who are we saved by question. Acts 16 and verse 30. Who are we saved by? The book of Acts chapter number 16 and verse 30. And brought them out and said, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? By whom are we saved? Look at the next verse. And they said, believe on the Lord. That's how we are saved. Glory to God. It says, believe on the Lord, Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. You and your house. Now let me tell you something that you must understand. And this is prophetic. If you're the only one saved. Or that has the knowledge of Jesus. I want you to know. That this salvation covers your entire household. Okay. What it means is that as a believer, you can stand in faith. And not one of your family members will, will die without knowing Jesus. Amen. Did you see that? It says, and thou shalt be saved. And your what? Uh-huh. Hey, church, talk to me. And your what? Uh-huh. So you can decide that I'm not going with. I'm not. If you already have your whole household saved, that's fine. I'm happy for you. But there are many people who might be sitting here or listening. Whose household are not safe. The, the contract covers your house. Praise God forevermore. What that means is that when a saved person lives in a particular house, that person, don't you understand Goshen? Don't you understand light? That person becomes the glimmer of hope for that entire family. What that means is that because of you, light can shine in that entire place. Now let me tell you, you can call your office a house. So that, because of you, huh, not just light, but the miraculous is breaking out in your offices. And if you're the only person at the bus stop, and you are born again, you are saved. Healing can break out on the bus stop. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Azusa, Azusa Revival? Have you ever heard? Ah, The entire city. The entire city caught fire. Because a few believers... Living lived in that city. Do you understand what I'm saying? Kai, you're a catalyst for great things. Yeah. Say this after me. I'm not, I'm not ordinary. Shout it out loud. I'm not ordinary. I'm not so by whom are we saved? You See, let me tell you. I promise you tonight. Fire is jumping on you this night. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> just sit down and hear God's word. By whom are we saved? He says, and, 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 he, and he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, both you and your house. So, by whom are we saved? By Jesus. We are saved by Jesus. That's by whom we are saved. Now, what are we saved from? I'll show you all of the things that we are saved from in a moment. What are we saved to? I'll show you all of the things that we are saved to. So, write this down. Salvation, if you've not written it down before. Salvation is deliverance from sin and the consequences of sin. Salvation is that there is a saving from and a saving to. There is a bringing out and there is a bringing into. Hallelujah. Now, we have been saved... And brought to God himself. Say that with me. I have been saved. And brought to God himself. Come on, say it one more time. I have been saved. And brought to God himself. Alright, now let me begin to show you some of the things that we are saved from. Are you ready? So I said, salvation is spirit, soul, and body. Spirit has to do with sin and the consequences of sin. But he also covers other things. Now let's look at 2 Kings 4, 1-7. 2 Kings 4, 1-7. I'm entering the teaching now. All those things I've been doing is introduction. 2 Kings 4, 1-7. Let's read together. Okay, let me read. Now they cried a certain woman... Of the wives of the sons of the prophet. Unto Elisha, saying. Thy servant my son. Sorry. Thy servant my husband is dead. Follow the conversation again. Now there was a certain woman. Of the wives of the sons. Of the prophets unto Elijah. So listen. This woman. Was one of the wives. Of the sons of the prophets. And. The sons of the prophet was Elisha's what? Sons of the prophet. Now, what does that mean? There was a school of ministry called sons of the prophet. And then, like, for example, all of these guys now are sons of the prophet. All right? So, every person, all right, has, you know, is being, is being schooled, yeah, on the prophetic and how he works. So, this woman's husband was one of them. Now, he had died, Okay? So thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. So what it means is that in quote, quote and unquote, the servant was following the Lord. That is, the servant was saved. In quote. Oh, understand what I'm saying? Because true salvation does not come until when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. But we are saying that this man was following the Lord. So he already knew the Lord. Now, look at this. Your servant is dead, and you know that he, he feared the Lord. And the creditor is come unto him, um, come unto him, my two sons, to be taken as born men. So listen this man was um, a son of the prophet. He has died, but he was owing money. And now they've come to carry his two sons. <laughs> what does salvation cover? Follow. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? So Elisha is willing to do something for her. Even though he's not spiritual. He, his that has come to carry the children away. But Elisha wants to solve the problem. He says, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What thou hast in the house? And she said, your handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Now let me put this also. This woman is saying to Elisha that considering the fact that this guy served the Lord, there was a benefit he was supposed to be enjoying he didn't take. Probably because he was not aware, or because he was too spree cocoa, or because he was too, you know, whatever. But there was a benefit he was supposed to have that he was not taking. Now, I have come to collect the benefit on his behalf. It's as though this guy has worked, gratuity needs to be paid, now I've come to collect it. And then the man of God is saying, I owe you something. Something needs to be done about this. He didn't say, ah, it's not creditor. My friend, go and sit down. Don't you know that you your husband served the Lord and that's enough? He died in the Lord and that's enough. Go and sit down. Money, let him take the, the, the children and just make them slaves. But you, you be faithful to the Lord. Just be faithful to the Lord. That's not what he said. He was just about to solve a creditor problem. Woo! And he said, go borrow vessels abroad. Of their neighbors and empty vessels, borrow not a few. Next verse. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And thou shalt pour into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. That when it is full, you put it aside and keep pouring. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. Next verse. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sword, oh, no, this woman is eh, <laughs> very sharp. She said, bring another vessel. And, and, and he said unto her, There is not any more vessel. Alright? And the oil stopped. That word stayed is that the oil ceased because the vessel had finished. Are you following? Next verse. Then she came and told the man of God. See, she's reporting to the man of God. Told the man of God. And he said, go and sell the oil. Go and sell the oil and pay your debts. Does salvation cover payment of debts? Yes, no, look at scripture now and answer me. Is there something in this redemption that can act, that can act on debts and get it solved? Yes. Uh-uh. Don't you understand that the lesser... Is included in the great debt payment. The bigger debts of your sin against God have been paid. Then the debt you owe the bank cannot be paid. You better release your faith well. Better release your faith well. <laughs> you, you, you will know. He says, says, and pay your debts and then live on, and, and live thou on, and thy children off of the rest. That is, pay your debts. Then leave off of the rest. Meaning that the supply was enough to pay the debts. And then when it says leave on it. That word leave is actually being luxury on the rest. As enjoy luxury on the rest. So if you're in debt. You can place a demand on salvation. For your debt to be paid. You say, look at me, look at me. How many? Of you, ah, some of you are holier than the Lord, oh. Some of you are really holier. Oh. See how they are looking at me? <laughs> wait, wait. You know Elisha was a very spiritual man. I you know, just said, "Woman, walk away. I owe you nothing. Don't you know that your husband served the Lord, and that is enough. Just go." Let them take the boys. After all, they are suffering for Christ's sake. Or they are suffering for the Lord's sake. This is the price you pay to follow the Lord. This is the price you pay to follow the Lord. He solved the problem. And said, go and leave off of the rest. So, if this is happening in the Old Covenant, under Elisha, that was a, that was a very angry person. You know, Elisha was the one that called down those wild... Wild animals. They come and finish your children. You would have called wild animals. You, you, you come to me in the place of my anointing. You are finished. He solved the problem. Okay? What does he cover? Let me show you another scripture. If this one is not enough, I'll show you another one. You see, I'm in a debate, you know. Exodus fourteen thirteen. Exodus 14, 13. This one... It will shine in your eye like this. Just watch. Look at the screen. Let's read together. We want to go? But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's what? Uh huh. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians, you see today, you will see them no more. Where were they standing? Hey, church. They were standing in front of the Red Sea, right? What has Red Sea got to do with their spiritual devotion to the Lord? Red Sea. You are in front of Red Sea. And just do whatever. After all, when you die, you go to heaven. Die. Go to heaven. The Lord is speaking. He says, stand still. And you will see the Lord's... What did he call it? You see the Lord's salvation... The Lord's deliverance. So what does that mean? You must understand. Ah, thank you dear Lord Jesus. You must understand that this salvation that Jesus purchased for you, it includes separation from accidental... Hmm. Okay? <laughs> if you like, go, and go there and, and allow them to slaughter you like a chicken. No! This salvation exempts you. After all, most you have just said, well, all of us are children of God. are well, all children of God, if we die now, you know, nothing. He called on the Lord. And the Lord says, you know what? Stand firm. Moses said unto the people, stand firm. And you will see the Lord's salvation. Which, the word salvation is actually used. And the thoughts or the conversation is nothing not spiritual. In Red Sea. What is spiritual about Red Sea? I'm telling you. If this, this spectrum does not cover even your deliverance. It's not extravagant enough. You know why? <laughs> the Lord saved you. How many of you remember this scripture that says, He knows our frame? So the Lord saved you and left you on earth. And you really think that He left you like a, an Indomie? No power, no nothing, just there. Whenever sickness comes, He can touch you. Whenever disease comes, He can touch you. No way. What Jesus gave to us is eternal life. Do yeah. you understand what I'm saying? So you, you just imagine that He saved you. Your spirit is going to heaven no matter what takes you out. So he just left you there without anything to use. No authority, no power, no nothing. You're just there. Anytime depression comes, <laughs> you feel depressed. Anytime the economy goes south, your own economy has gone south. How can you, how can you live like that? Oh, there is something that we have received in Christ. That is higher, glory to God. It's higher than all the things that Adam did. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the believer must know, after all, they were in front of the Red Sea. And then they cried out. And then solution came. And he calls it salvation. Deliverance. So what does this salvation cover? Does it cover deliverance? This kind of deliverance. If they had died in the Red Sea, would that be harm? It would be danger, right? The Red Sea was dangerous at that time. And then there was salvation to bring them out of danger, right? So salvation in its spectrum covers deliverance from danger. Now, if you don't know this, you won't expect it to happen. You say, after a while, this salvation is only spiritual, only spiritual. (laughs) Can I show you more? Okay, now this one is going to be a bit of a long read. Deuteronomy 28, read from verse 1. Now, now see, listen, when we read, okay, there's still a little bit of time. When we read, I want you to notice the conversation, please. Please, please, I beg you. When I was, when I was preparing for this service, I actually saw myself kneeling down to beg you. To pay attention. Because I'm trying to get you to see something. Now he says, it's a long read, so just follow. He says, now if you faithfully obey the Lord your God, and are careful to follow all his commandments, which I'm giving you today, stop here, stop here. All his commandments which I'm giving you today, spiritual or carnal? Talk to me. All his commandments that I'm giving you today, are they spiritual or are they carnal? Come on, no, they can't be carnal. If you obey his commandments and do all that the Lord is asking you to do, that's your spiritual devotion. You're in God's good book, right? Uh huh. So if you faithfully obey the Lord, your God, and be careful to do all that he has commanded you, come on. Come on, that can't be carnal now. That's spiritual. That's your spiritual devotion. You're in God's good book. You have kept all his commandments. What, 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 when you were younger, what are the things that you used to do to be able to keep all God's commandments? Some of you walk like this. Some of you will not smile. Some of you will not look at anybody's face. Some of you, you know, you just pious, parity. You know, everybody. There were things that. Like, so that was... In fact, the day you didn't lie, you didn't steal, you didn't... Ah! You see that? You see that? You see that reaction? Ah! Today, when you stand in front of, listen, when you stand in front of one person that is sick or something and you want the power to flow. Hey! Powerful! Things will move but on the day that you told one small lie. <sighs> Lord, you know, I am not worthy to stand before your throne. Please take me as a worthless sinner. Forgive me for the sins that I committed, the sins of omission, the sins of commission, the sins of remission, the sins knowingly <laughs> and unknowingly, unconstrained and uncomfortably. Uh... Consciously. Consciously and unconsciously. Dependably and de- dependent everything. We come out that day. Everything. So when you're able to do all of God's faithful commandments, that's your spiritual That's your spiritual high. Now follow. Now if you faithfully obey the Lord your God. And are careful to follow all his commands that I'm giving to you today. The Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. Spiritual or carnal? Carnal! Thank you, sir. He puts you above all the nations of the earth. What's the connection? I faithfully obey the Lord. Then he puts me above all the nations of the earth. That the, the, our salvation has no carnal implication. Let me show you. Continue. Next verse. All these blessings—what blessings? Spiritual or carnal? Ah. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you are, because you are in good standing with the Lord. Now, what I'm going to tell you. Let me quickly tell you before we continue. Is I see all this. Put verse one, please. The power of God is here. This, all his commands, is what we couldn't do. That's why Jesus came. So let's settle it now. That's why Jesus came, because we couldn't. Alright? The Bible talks about all that we couldn't do in that the law was weak in itself. Christ taking place. You understand? You know that scripture? Hey. So Jesus came to replace the law. So as you are reading this now, if you are a grace person... You're supposed to be reading it with a new lens on. Stop seeing commandments. Tasking, when you see commandments, see Jesus. And then see him fulfilling all the commandments. Then jump. See, so they, I told you about selective perception before. Uh, we are selective choppers. We chop selectively. And we're not the first to start. I don't want to go into that. But now, once you see that, you see Jesus, the lamb slaying. Oh, wow. That's why Jesus, the lamb slaying, came for me. And you just jump straight to the blessing Let's let, look at verse 2. Let me, I want to do something. Benita, come. Come quick, quick, quick. I just want to do something. Put that scripture on the screen. So, this is the believer. And then, I am Jesus. Or, I am God. So, my commandments has been given. Benita is supposed to keep them. Now, based on whether she keeps them or not. Like a laser beam. My blessing is trying to locate her. But the commandments that she has not, cop- has not kept is blocking the blessing from hitting her. So now, Jesus comes, takes all of those commandments out. So that as soon as there is a Jesus, there is a blessing hitting her. Wow. Now, she doesn't have to move. She doesn't, so long as the commandment has been taken away. Now, the blessing can easily, like a laser beam locator and fall on her and bless her. So, when you see the next verse, go back to your seat. Thank you. When you see the next verse, look at the next verse very quickly. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord. So, because you have obeyed the Lord, these blessings, womb, they're coming on you. Continue. You will be blessed in the city and be blessed in the country. Is that spiritual or canon? Yeah, let's be going. Your descendants will be blessed. Spiritual or carnal? Canal. Your soil. Okay, so now your soils produce. Okay, soils produce, soils produce, farmer, farmer, farmer. Is that still spiritual or carnal? Also, awesome. let's continue. And the offspring of your livestock, livestock. <laughs> spiritual or carnal? In this case, for you, your business. Look at what it covers. Including the young of your heads. And the newborn of your flock. Continue. Your basket. That's your bank account. And your needing bow. What's that? We we'll what? We'll be blessed. Continue. You'll be blessed when you come in. spiritual everything is happening. Do you understand? You'll be blessed when you come in. And you'll be blessed when you go out. I need to calm down, Lord. I need to calm down. I'm getting excited. Okay, let me calm down. Lord. All right. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. Is, is that spiritual or natural? Are the enemies fighting you spiritually? Not the enemies. He was talking about the ones who would try to fight Israel and they will come with guns, with arrows, with knives. He says when they come, they will be defeated because of you. Why? Because you have faithfully kept the Lord's commandments. Let's go. Let's go. But now in this case, Christ has kept it for us. They will march out against you from one direction and flee from you in seven directions. Wow. Okay. That's the fleeing. (laughs) Confusion fleeing. (laughs) This kind of. Yeah? (laughs) Wait, wait. Confusion. The Lord will grant you a blessing on your storehouses and everything you do. Okay. He will bless you in the land. In the, he will bless you in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. So land is included. You must understand. Let me tell you something. When, when you hear these things, you have to re- recognize that land is landed property. Yes, it's, not, it's not spiritual land though. Amen. God promised them land. So those of you who are very spiritual, you can denounce your Christianity now. <laughs> yeah, I just came to I just came for you for today. The Lord will grant okay, continue, continue. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore to you, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Next verse. Then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the Lord's name. And they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will make you prosper abundantly with children, the offspring of your livestock, and your soil's produce in the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Next verse. Just be going as we are finishing. Just be going. All right. Is this where we are? The Lord will open for you his abundant storehouse. Alright? The sky to give your land rain in its season. And to bless all the works of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will not borrow. Why is all of this happening? Because the commandments have been kept. Isn't it? Okay. Let's continue. The Lord will make you head and not the tail. You will you will only move upward and never downward if you listen to the Lord your God's commandments. And the Lord your God's commandments I am giving you today and are careful to follow them. So, wait. If you're able to listen and follow them, you will go upward in life. Is that physical or spiritual? Hey, church. Talk to me. I want you to shout at me. Is that, is that physical or spiritual? No, no, if it's spiritual, it means you go upward, you go to heaven. You go into the sky. He's talking about you making progress in life. You moving forward. You being, you know, upwardly mobile. You having resources. You having money. You understand? What you do, being blessed. What you do, prospering. Are you with me? All right. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Okay, we read that. Do not turn aside to the right or left. From all the things I am commanding you today. And do not go after other gods. Can you see to worship. You see it's spiritual. It's your spiritual salvation. To don't go after other gods. What do you do after other gods? You worship them. So if you are not worshipping other gods. What are you doing? You are worshipping the Lord. So it's spiritual. That has physical consequences. Stop telling me otherwise. Alright, so, <laughs> look at this. But if you do not obey the Lord, your God, by carefully following all his commandments and statutes, which I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overtake you. Now listen, listen, I read the whole thing. As you read it, hmm, with the eyes of grace on, you will see what you have been saved from. Just watch. It is good to read it. Watch. You will be cursed in the city. And cursed in the... You know, I was sharing with Oya yesterday. And she said, but why is it that the Curses are more than the blessing? I said, no, the Curses are not more than the blessing. Didn't you see you will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field? You saw it in the blessing, right? These Curses is actually the expanded version. That's the blessing opposite of the blessing expanded. Actually, when you read it, you will actually be seeing the blessing inside. If you read it, you say you will be cursed in the city. I will be blessed in the city. You will be cursed in the country. I will be blessed in the country. Okay, because this is for all those who do not keep the commandments. Your basket and kneading bowl will be cursed. Didn't you see basket and kneading bowl will be blessed? Uh-huh. So it's just expanded. But watch, watch. Your descendants will be cursed. Wow. Your soils produce, we saw all of that. The young of your herds and the newborn of your flock. You will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. We saw the opposite of that. The Lord will send against you curses, confusion, and rebuke in everything you do. When we look at it with the eyes of the blessing, is that we are accepted in everything we do. Yeah. When we look at it with the eyes of the blessing, is that we are never confused. You see. Okay, And rebuke in everything you do Until you are destroyed And quickly perish So if there is such a thing as quickly perish There is also such a thing as quickly rise Don't let anybody fool you I'm telling you There is such a thing as suddenly we arrive Suddenly If, if quickly perish exists Just flip it now People will get it if the cause can produce this, do you know what the blessing has produced? Sometimes read this thing so that you will see. Your eyes will be open. You'll say, Ah, there's no such thing oh. ah, somebody rising quickly. Oh. There's such a thing. Oh. If, there's a, if there's such a thing as quickly perish, there's obvious such a thing as quickly arise. And I'm rising quickly. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is showing me early mercies. I will not be 50 before I am able to do great things. I'm doing them now. Say amen. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. He says, you quickly perish because of the wickedness of your actions in abandoning me. You see, hey, 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 go back. Go back. What did they do? The wickedness of your actions in abandoning me. Is that spiritual or canal? Spiritual. That has what? Canal natural, when I say can, I don't mean a bad thing. Natural consequences. So, let, let me put this to you. There are physical consequences of our salvation. Say Amen. Physical consequences of the salvation we have received in Christ. I need to rush. 21, quick, let's go. The Lord will make pestilence cling to you. Until you are exterminated from the land that you are entering to possess it. Child, pestilence. The Lord will afflict you with wasting disease, fever, inflammation, burning heat, drought. This drought is for plants. Drought, blight. Blight is something that affects plants. Mildew, something that affects plants. These will pursue you until you perish natural consequences i wish i could show you the picture of that mildew or blight so that you see it you can google when you get home don't do it now when you get go just google google blight you see you see he's there now let, look at this the sky above you will be bronze true and the earth beneath you iron So what it means, that when I say that the heavens above us are open, you know when we're taking communion, and you say the heavens are open above us, and the favor of God, how do I put it? I'm standing on the open heavens, where God is favorably disposed to. Go back, go back, please. Please, please. It is that there is such a thing as (laughs) the sky above you being (laughs) bronze. The sky above you bronze. That is... Everywhere lock, <laughs> bronze. In fact, as the blessing is falling, see, as the blessing is falling on the brass, you're hearing boom, boom, boom. but so you're hearing it, but you're not seeing anything. Bronze is not penetrating at all. The earth beneath you, iron. That is, you know, they were it. It was an agro economy. So down beneath you, plants is iron. That is God. <laughs> Okay, let's continue. The Lord will turn the rain of your land into falling dust. Hey, rain, normal rain, now falls as dust. (laughs) It will descend on you from the sky until you are destroyed. These are natural consequences. Continue. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will march out against them from one direction but flee from them in seven directions. Did you see the, the blessing? Like you will, you, they will come against you in one direction, they will flee in seven. The course is the opposite. You will be an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Next verse. Your corpses will be food for the birds of the, of the sky and the wild animals of the land, and no one will scare them away, child. The Lord will afflict you with the boys of Egypt. Tumors. Festering rash. And scabies. From which you cannot be cured. The Lord will afflict you with... (laughs) He will afflict you... The Lord will afflict you with madness. Blindness. And mental confusion. So that at noon... You will grow up as the blind man grows in the dark. You will not be successful in anything you do. Hey! 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 You will only be oppressed and robbed continually. And no one will help you. Child. And you will become engaged to a woman. But another man will rape her. You will build a house. But not live in it. You will plant a vineyard. But not enjoy its fruits. Continue. Your ox will be slaughtered before your eyes. But you will not eat of any of it. Your donkey will be taken from you. And not return to you. Your flock will be given to your enemies. And no one will help you. Next verse. Your sons and daughters will be given to another people. While your eyes grow weary looking for them every day. But you will be powerless to do anything. If people you don't know will eat your soil's produce. And everything you have labored for. You will only be oppressed and crushed continually. You will be driven mad by what you see. <laughs> the Lord will afflict you on your knees and thighs. With painful and incurable boils From the sole of your foot to the top of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king at these natural things or not. <laughs> I fear you, the Lord will bring you and your king that you have appointed to a nation neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you will worship other gods of wood and stone. You will become an object of horror, scorn and ridicule among all your Among all the peoples, where the Lord will drive you. Alright? You will sow much seed in the field, but the harvest will be little. Because locusts will devoid. You will plant and cultivate vineyards, but not drink of the wine. Or gather the grapes, because worms will eat them. You will have olive trees throughout your territory. But not anoint yourself with oil. Because your olives will drop off. These are natural consequences. Continue. You will father sons and daughters. But they will not remain yours. Because they will be taken into prison. Wearing wow. insects will take possession of your trees and your land's produce. I'm reading everything. The foreign residents among you will rise higher and higher above you. While you sink lower and lower. You will, he will learn to you, but you won't learn to him. He will be the head, and you he will be the tail. All these courses will come, pursue, and overtake you until you are destroyed. Since you did not obey the Lord, spiritual, your God, and keep his commandments and statutes which he gave you. The courses will be a sign and a wonder against you and all your descendants forever. Because you didn't serve the Lord your God with joy and cheerful heart. Serve the Lord your God with joy and cheerful heart. Spiritual or canna? Okay. Even though you had the abundance of everything. See that. Now see that. Now can you see that? Service. Alright. In sync with you having the abundance of everything. So God is saying... I bless you with the abundance of everything. You're supposed to serve me with the abundance of everything. Is the extravagance? Look at it. Look at. In fact, as we'll keep reading, but I want you to see it. You had the abundance of everything, yet you did not serve me in everything. Continue. You will serve your enemies. The Lord will stand against you the firming, test, nakedness. And a lack of everything. He will place an iron yoke on your neck. Until he has destroyed you. Next verse. The Lord will bring a nation from far away. From the ends of the earth. To swoop down on you like an eagle. A nation whose language you do not understand. A rootless nation. Showing no respect for the old. And not sparing the young. They will eat the offspring of your livestock. And your soil is produced until you are destroyed. They will leave no grain, no new wine, or young of your herds, or newborn of your flocks until they cause you to perish. They will besiege you within all your gates until your high and fortified walls that you trust in come down throughout the land. They will besiege you within all your gates. Throughout the land, the Lord your God has given to you. Next verse. You will eat your children. The flesh of your sons and your daughters. The Lord your God has given you through the siege and hardship. Your enemy imposes on you. The most sensitive and refined man among you will look grudgingly at his brother. The wife he embraces and the rest of his children. Refusing to share with them. His children's flesh that he will eat because he has nothing left during the siege and the hardship that your enemy um, imposes on you in all your towns. The most sensitive and refined woman amongst you, who would not venture set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her refinement and sensitivity, will begrudge the husband she embraces and her son and her daughter After the utter that comes out from between her legs and the children she bears. Because she will secretly eat them. (laughs) For lack of anything to eat during the siege and the hardship your enemy imposes on you within your gates. If you are not careful to obey all the words of this law which are written in the scroll. By fearing this glorious and awesome name, Yahweh, your God, He will bring extraordinary plagues on you. It has not finished. And your descendants, severe and lasting plagues, and terrible and chronic sicknesses. He will afflict you again with all the diseases of Egypt which you dreaded. They will cling to you. The Lord will also inflict you with sickness. And plague, not recorded in the book of this law, until you are destroyed. So even the one that he did not put. Though you were as numerous as the stars of the sky, you will be left with only a few people. Because you did not obey the Lord your God. Just as the Lord, aha, look at this. Everybody read this together, read it out loud. Everybody, read it out loud. Stop. The Lord was glad to cause you to prosper and to multiply you. Physical or spiritual? Hey church, talk to me. Talk to me. Have I lost you? Have I lost you? Are you still with me? Is this multiplying spiritual? Physical. The Lord was glad to multiply you. Now that you are in Christ, is he still glad? Yes, sir. Much more. Much more. So, because you see, see, my darling, we act as though God is not interested in your money care. That's kind of, kind of, worldly things. The Lord is only interested in your spirit development. In fact, I wish above all things that, that you prosper. And being held, even as your soul prospers. So as your soul is prospering, you're supposed to prosper in every other thing. Let me tell you why people will want you to believe that God is not interested in your other areas of your life. There are two reasons. Number one, is because everybody around you is probably suffering. That's number one. Number two, Nobody wants to take the responsibility to say, I'm the one that told them that God can bless them that way. So that they don't hold me. And they don't come back and say, "Pastor, You know what we are doing now is a risk. Pastor, But you told us that the Lord said, look, you know what I'm showing you? I'm showing you God's word. Even me as I saw this, it made me glad. When I saw this, you know when I saw this text, I started dancing around my room for a few minutes. Because everything I'm teaching you, I'm also using it. Say amen. Amen. The Lord is delighted to prosper me and to make me glad. He says, just as the Lord was delighted to prosper you and make you glad, and make you, and multiply you, so he will also be glad to cause you to perish and to destroy you. You will be deported from the land you are entering to possess it. Next verse. Then the Lord will scatter you amongst all the people. We'll soon finish. Just cheer. Scatter you amongst all the people from one end of the earth to the other. And there you will worship other gods of wood and stone. Which neither you nor your fathers have known. You will have no peace among those nations. There will be no resting place for the soul of your foot. There the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and a despondent spirit. Now, when you look at this, go back, go back, please. Go back. Under the blessing, we have a courageous heart. We have vision 2020. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the spirit is that we are firm, we are rooted, we are grounded. Say, Amen. Amen. So, what it means is that courage, courage is something you receive. As a byproduct of salvation, you can be strong and courageous. Say amen. amen. You will find. Okay, next verse. Your life will hang in doubt before you. You know when 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 life is always hanging in doubts before people. That always in doubts, always in doubts. That's not a good thing. The opposite of that, that is that your life is hanging in certainty before you. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're always setting. He says you will be in dread night and day, never setting or survivor. What that means is that under the 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 beautiful provision that Jesus has made available for us under grace, we are constantly sure. We're not just surviving; we are thriving. Okay. Now, this is very interesting. Have you ever seen some people who, when they travel, they are not satisfied. When they come back, they are not satisfied. When they wake up, they are not satisfied. Look at this. It says, in the morning you will say, if only it were evening. And in the evening you will say, if only it were morning. Because of the dread you will have in your heart. And because of what you will see. Next verse. The Lord will take you back in ships. Look at this. We're closing on. This is the last one. The Lord will take you back in ships to Egypt by a route that I said you will never see again. So God had said they will never see that route again. But now they will go back in that route. Are all these things spiritual things or physical things? Are they traveling in a spiritual jet? They are going back in the boat to the place that the Lord said they will never see again. There, look at this. It says there you will sell yourselves to your enemy. As male and female slaves. Read the last one. Read the last one. Hey, come on. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Now stop. You see this thing of you selling yourself. You selling yourself. Say, this is me. This is me. This is me. I come to you. I come to you. And they are not buying you. When I read this when I read to this point, I said, Tchaa! you know it's a different thing, eh? You know it's a different thing, eh? When you know when somebody is trying to convince you to sell yourself. It's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is you that have come to say, I want to sell myself to you. And then they say, no. (laughs) Now let me explain what I have just shown you. We are looking at physical consequences of a person's decision not to follow the Lord. Flip that. Because I follow the Lord. There will be so much value on me. Such that, listen, all the doors that will be opening, I'm the one that will be saying, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. It's actually a wrong thing eh, for you to be putting yourself out there and every time they are denying you. Enter this mindset of this reality of what Christ has done. You put yourself the first time, they say no. You put yourself the second time, they say no. No matter what it is, visa, whatever it is, is wrong. Sit down first. Let this mind be in you. I hear something. Take this thing. Ah, rejection. No rejection. No. This thing is that because of this salvation. See, spiritual salvation. Spiritual, but Spiritual. But it now has such tangible value, such that my value is so increased. Everywhere I go, the doors are opening to me. What does salvation cover? What <laughs> What is the spectrum? Was there any part of this course? Was there any part of the human life that this course did not cover? Even sickness of the body, weakness, boys, this one, that one. So under the blessing, this salvation covers our healing, covers our health, covers provision, covers everything. I don't know any part of human life or human existence that is not covered in this conversation. I don't know one. How so close? Kai, it's not time anymore. Salvation is heaven's answer to earth's ruin. Write it down. Heaven's answer to earth's ruin. Write this down, the Lord himself is the greatest gift of the gospel. And in Christ, we enjoy all the other benefits of salvation. So I say, if salvation was only spiritual, why was there physical consequences for something that people did, like for sin in scripture? Why was there physical consequences? Salvation in scripture Includes physical things I've already told you Salvation includes debt, repayment Salvation includes healing for the body Let's look at Psalm 103 and verse 3 We'll soon close, okay Psalm 103 and verse 3 Let's look at that very quickly Can you give the Lord a shout? So you know what I've done for you I've just woken up your, your mind When you get home, go and look at that thing again and then see all that Christ has exempted you from. If, see, let me tell you. Let me tell you. If you can see a curse in that scripture, there is a blessing just beside it that comes because of salvation. And the blessing is yours. And you say amen. amen. All right, let's look at this. Let's read this together once to go. Everybody, please, read this together once to go. Wait, hey, stop. Spiritual or... He forgives all your sins is what? Spiritual or canal? Spiritual or canal. Awesome. Next line. He heals... Spiritual or carnal. Full stop. Forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. How can you tell me that salvation doesn't have impact on our body? Or on our finances? What I am going to say is that the healing of your disease is the lesser. you understand? The salvation is the greater. But don't tell me it doesn't cover. I want to show you something. Let me show you. Kai, okay, okay, this one is long. There are two more scriptures, but they are long. Put that scripture of the bed. I think it's the 20th slide. The extravagance of God covers every area of human need. Let me explain. If you have... How, how awkward is it for you to have a bedspread that doesn't fully cover the bed? <laughs> is it awkward? You know, like you... <laughs> you know, there are very interesting things that come to our minds. So you have this lovely bed that you have and then you buy a bedspread from the market and then you come... You open the thing, you say, Um Peter, Peter hold that side. Let me <laughs> let me hold this side. And then oh you have it in now, talk it in. Why are you looking at me as if you didn't know what you do in your house? Yeah. You have tuck it in, tuck it in. And as you talk it in like that, the thing ah you don't realise that they duped you. The thing just covered half of the bed. Uh, is, is it complete? Is it awkward? If this salvation does not cover all of human needs. It's awkward. The extravagance of God is not complete. Let me close on this note. How can Adam create such a mess and then Jesus' provision doesn't completely take out the mess? It takes out some aspect of the mess but does not take out... Okay, at what point did we begin to Have to fend for ourselves It's not after Adam fell Before Adam fell Everything was provided After he fell We have to fend for ourselves Say this after me Salvation covers all Oh I want you to shout it out loud Is Is your finance included Is your health included Is the peace of your mind included Is the healing of your body included his provision. I want you to shout at me. I want you to shout at me. His provision included. Hallelujah. What are the things left out? What are the things left out? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. If the curse produced such a mess, the least that the blessing can do is cover the mess. Let me tell you, because there's a much more. Not only did it cover the mess, there's a much more. We actually lifted us above it. Bible says we are seated together with him in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. So the next time the enemy tries to make you think otherwise about this salvation, do like Paul said, this great salvation, it covers everything. And tonight, we are closing this teaching on generosity with helping you to see that when Jesus came, put on this man. When Jesus came in the redemption that he brought, he didn't say, I hope this helps. When Jesus paid the price for our sins, his conversation was not, I hope this helps you. The conversation was, This changes everything. The matter was not, um, Maybe this will help. Is that no. The game changed completely. The one who nobody buys. Is now the one that everybody is looking for. Oh you didn't hear me. The one everybody rejects. Because blood has been shed. Is now the one everyone is looking for. And that's your story. In the remaining days of 2020, that's your story. As you step into 2021, that's your story. Say this after me. I'm the one everybody's looking for. Oh, you're not, you're not talking to me tonight. Say, I'm the one everyone is looking for. Put the last slide up. The 22nd slide. I want everybody to read it. Let's read this together. I want to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If it doesn't clean up all of the mess, then we'll question it with these few points of mind. I hope I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you that this salvation Paul said is so great a salvation, it covers everything. Everything you can boldly ask for your land, you can boldly ask for your bills to be paid. The problem is magnifying land over the finished work. No, we don't magnify land over the finished work, land comes under the finished work. It's because I have the finished work that I have access to landed properties. Rise to your feet. Hey listen to me, church i hope I hope I've answered your questions. You have complications in your body. In fact, let me tell you, so if you see the boy, for example, on your body, you just know uh, this is for. It's not for me. Let me give you an example. so Imagine I want to deliver something. How many of you have done dry cleaning? Hello, look at me, church. All you guys, how many of you have done dry cleaning? And then your clothes came back. And you saw a shirt that did not belong to you. What did you do? You called the guy. You said, this shirt does not belong to me. I need you to take it back. Some of you actually smile. And said, Oh well, new shirt. <laughs> but the right thing to do. Is to call the owner and say, hey, that, that stuff doesn't belong to me. It's easy. You see a boil on your body and inflammation. You see that it's part of the curse. You say, no, 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 no. You call back and say, hey, you misaddressed something. It doesn't belong to me. The weakness of the body does not belong to me. The pain does not belong to me. The headache does not belong to me. You, you misaddressed something. Come and take your property back. Because the only thing that I have to receive, surely, goodness and mercy, faithful love, shall follow me all the days of my life. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. The Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers, and under His wings shall I trust. His truth is my refuge. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but He shall not come near me. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church. And on Instagram at Philippines Church. Cheers.